Nerds, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashwin, and today we are talking about Friday the 13th Part 2 from 1981, directed by Steve Miner, written by Ron Kurtz, starring Amy Steele, John Fury, Betsy Palmer, and Adrian King. This movie is about a group of camp counselors who have a training session right next door to Camp Crystal Lake. And exactly what you think happens, happens. Uh, we picked this as part of our little sequel September here to celebrate the release of It Part 2 and fill some of our holes in terms of a lot of horror movie sequels we just haven't seen for some reason. And Ashwin, did you notice that the first two movies we've chosen for sequel September begin by replaying scenes from the first movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After seeing it on this one, I'm like, wait, are, is this how all sequels work? Do they all just <laughs> yeah. like, open with the scene from the first one? <laughs> yeah, like, I guess we really haven't seen that many sequels because apparently they show. So in this movie, I timed it. It was at least five solid minutes. Oh, yeah. The last scene of the first Friday the 13th movie. It, it wasn't just the last scene. It was like a recap of the whole movie, I think, right? Yeah, I guess it was a recap of the whole movie, but it, it seemed like most of the time was spent on the last scene. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a short film of its own. It was a short movie, yeah. Oh, no, no, I mean that, that, that five-minute clip that they play at the beginning, that whole flashback thing. Like, that oh, yeah, been its it was own, like its like own said. short film, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and this is not a long movie either, so it's a decent percentage of the movie is just <laughs> the last movie. Yeah, I remember the last one. <laughs> And it's yeah. so weird because this came out a year after the first Friday the 13th. Right, like, yeah. Everybody really needed to be reminded of that complex plot. Yeah, I'm not really sure you really needed the first uh, reminder there. I mean, this movie could have stand sit alone without that flashback. Yeah, you, you did not need it. But uh, yeah, um, we did cover Friday the 13th in one of our first few episodes, and we had a guest on that. So if you want to check that out, the sound quality on that one wasn't good. We were still learning how to podcast. But and it, and do you remember like what our what the scores were? I, I feel like we were pretty medium on it, right? We were pretty. I think both of us gave it a two. You might have even gone like low enough to one, probably just to uh, antagonize our guest <laughs> Jason. Yeah, <laughs> who loves the franchise? Yeah, and I, this is. I like, think I gave it a two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because like this is like probably one of the bigger franchises in the horror uh, film industry. Yeah, man. People love this franchise. Yeah, yep, definitely, uh, definitely laid the groundwork for like a lot of the camp horror film that came out. Well, they, they must yeah. this must have been based off of something too, right? This whole genre of like a campy, uh, well, not not campy, but like a camp, a literal camp where like shit goes down. Is that is Friday the Thirteenth like the original uh, horror movie that takes like that premise, or do you know if like there were other ones before that? Oof, good question. There was one called The Burning that I think is kind of an underseen classic in the genre. Mm-hmm. But I think that came out around the same time as this movie, actually. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what started like the summer camp slasher. Maybe it was Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I, I just feel like that both like the first one and this one are really solidifying the formula of what what those films look like. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's kind of like its own subgenre of a slasher film, like a summer camp right. slasher. <laughs> yeah. Compared to like a suburban slasher. Hey, you ever see yeah. uh, Sleepaway Camp? I did. Have you? I haven't. No, that that came out after this. Yeah, I think so. I want to say Sleepaway Camp was like 86 or something like that. Okay. 
Got it. That's I feel like people have been talking about that lately because uh, Joe Bob Briggs, the guy who does uh, those that Shutter show. Oh yeah, the last drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did like an all-night or twenty-four-hour marathon recently, and Sleepaway Camp was one of the movies. Although this this episode is probably coming out like two months from when we record it. So. Oh okay. yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so again, this is a low budget one, like the first one, 1.25 million and the box office was 21.7 million, which does not stack up to the first one, but still is a, is a solid return. Yeah. And so I guess after the the first one, there was the whole concept of Friday the 13th, these films were supposed to be like an anthology series. So the story was supposed to be different for each one. And then I guess based on the success of the first one, they decided to stick with Jason. Yeah. And I think some people weren't happy with that. Like who were involved in the last movie thought it was kind of a stupid route to go, but but <laughs> onward they went. Yeah. Let's base this entire franchise off of like someone you barely saw in the, in the last one. Yeah. It, it makes sense though. I mean, as, as ridiculous as these movies are, I, I don't think it's that big of a jump. I could see... I mean, I have the benefit of being at the end of the timeline of knowing that Jason becomes a superstar, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was really hoping to see the hockey mask in this one, but I, I guess, when, when does that come in? Yeah, I meant to, I was thinking that. I remember I watched this movie for the first time a few years ago and was surprised that there was no hockey mask. That doesn't happen until the third one. Oh, damn. I think That's he, awful. like, one of the characters has a hockey mask and Jason finds it and puts it on. <laughs> And this one did like one of the characters have a burlap sack and then he put that on. (laughs) (laughs) I think the reason, the justification for that was that it was something Jason could easily find at a camp. Oh, a burlap sack. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Um, did you know that this Amy Steele, the final girl was also an April fool's day? Oh no. Who is she in April fool's day? Uh, one of the people, one of the people like, (laughs) like not the main character. One of the, like, 13 characters in that movie. I think she might have been, like, kind of the main girl. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, her, her name seems really familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's sometimes uh, lauded as one of everyone's, like, a favorite final girl. In wow. In horror in general, from specifically from this movie. Up there with, like, uh, oh, shoot. <laughs> J- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people. Yeah. Some people consider her uh, that caliber. Yeah, yeah, good for her. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I liked her. I mean, like, I, you know, you, you could tell like a lot, a lot of the other characters were throwaway characters, but her, like, I, I feel like she brings a lot of uh, character to her role. I think that she was focused on more than Alice from the original movie. Like, mm-hmm. Alice just kind of ended up being the final girl by default, and I think it. For this one, you knew right away she's going to be the final girl. Yeah. Yeah, they set her up that way, and they gave her, like, a lot more meaningful lines. It wasn't just all just about, like, hooking up with people. So, yeah. Right. I'd say so. Right, and she kind of, like, proposed, she kind of psychoanalyzed Jason, like, if he did exist, what he would be like and what his motivations might be. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts, actually. That was really cool. Nice. Um, Apparently, one of the actresses, Marta Kober, did a nude scene that was deleted when Paramount find out, found out that she was underage. Yeah, that's wild. That is yikes. Yeah. How, do, how didn't anyone like know that while they were shooting that? No one carded her or anything? I feel... That's a good question. I feel like they probably knew and just didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Different time. 
It's the eighties. Yeah. We'll fudge yeah. a few numbers. I'm guessing I was trying to do the math and it looks like she was probably like 17. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Uh, and overall, I think the movie originally had an X and they had to, um, edit out like about like 50 seconds or something between, I think that scene, some other gory scenes. And I don't know if there were more nude scenes or anything like that. Um, did, did you look into some of the reasons they edited it down? I did not find the specific areas that were cut, except for one scene that involves a spear. Um, which, by the way, if you're new to the show, we will spoil everything about this movie. Um, but we'll, we'll get more into the that spear scene later. I saw that, but but that spear scene was still in the movie. Uh, so was it just like more graphic in the unedited? I think there, uh, yeah, I don't think they cut anything out plot wise. I think there was just more more graphic elements, more graphic shots to the same kills that were, those shots were excluded. Yeah. You know, given this was a slasher, that makes sense. Uh, Given this was a slasher film, I actually didn't think it was like too graphic. Um, Did you think so? It wasn't. I was trying to think that too, like what was so graphic about it. But then when you go back to it, maybe kind of, there's a lot of time with a severed head. Um, Mm Mm-hmm somebody gets a machete to the face. I felt like the acts that happened to the characters that you saw happen on screen weren't that violent, though. Yeah. I mean, they were very violent, but they weren't that gory. Yeah, like, they'd get, like, an axe to the head or, like, their throat would get slit or something, but, like, today when that happens, like, the camera zooms in, like, an Ari Aster would, like, zoom in and, like, focus on that, and you'd see, like, uh, yeah, you'd be, like, focused on that for, like, minutes. Where in this one, it was just kind of, like, a quick cut or a quick, like, a... uh, axe of the head kind of thing not not much blood yeah and i'm guessing that's what they cut out those like mm. some of the zoom in shots or lingering shots i would imagine yeah yeah too bad yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say too bad um, actually there is a spot yeah. where i wondered and we'll get to it due to some choppy editing or strange editing i wondered if there was something that they cut out oh yeah Probably. so we'll talk about that when we get there mm-hmm. um yeah I mean, there's a lot of trivia about this movie. I didn't find any of it that crazy interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were rumors that Adrian King didn't want to be in the sequel much because she had a recent problems with a stalker fan. Oh, wow. Um, and, and that is true, apparently, that she mm-hmm. did have a pretty serious stalker situation. Yeah. But I she did. said she told the producers that she would do whatever they wanted from her for this film, and she didn't learn until she got to the set that she was going to be in it for like 10 minutes and then killed off. <laughs> and she was okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there was some confusion about that fact and she recently cleared it up. I think about a year ago in a Q and a session at the night owl theater in Columbus, Ohio. Oh boy. Ohio connection. You got it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's where people go for those kind of things. Clear things out. I've, yeah. Night owl theater. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, every once in a while somebody wakes up and they're like, you know, I want to go to a Q&A session at a theater in <laughs> Ohio. Yeah, and just let some things out. <laughs> um, I thought my connection was going to be the fact that this movie was filmed in Kent, Connecticut, as well as one other town in Connecticut. And I thought maybe the Western Kent, Reserve. Ohio was named oh. after Kent, Connecticut. And it wasn't? It's not, no. Because, you know, as we talked about in another episode, a good chunk of Northeast Ohio used to be Connecticut. Yeah, right. The whole Western Reserve, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But that is not the case. Kent, Ohio is apparently named after some guy with the last name Kent, and Kent, Connecticut is named after 
Kent in England. Damn, that's good to know. Yeah. Man, learning all kinds of things about Ohio. Also, I camped. I've camped in Kent, Connecticut. Oh, on your on the trail, on the Appalachian Trail? The Appalachian Trail goes through there, yeah. Nice, nice, And awesome. then we actually, a few, maybe a year after or two, we were in Connecticut and we went back to Canton and did like a weekend or a night camping trip there. Is there actually like a, a Camp Crystal Lake or anything out there? I don't know. I don't know if there, that summer camp existed there or in the other town they filmed in Connecticut or what, but mm-hmm. I, I was not aware of anything like that. Oh, uh, okay. I think yeah. the first movie was filmed in New York. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yep, upstate New York or something. Yeah. Um, do you know much about Friday the 13th, This is the superstition of it? Oh, no. Maybe we talked about that in our episode on the first one, but... I don't. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, Do I you? can't remember if we did. I, I try to look into it a little bit, and the, you know, one of the things I found is like um, Jesus and the Last Supper. I guess there were like thirteen people or thirteen disciples or one of those, and he died. So I guess that was kind of unlucky, and maybe that was like on a Good Friday or something or around that time. Um, I don't know how that works, but uh, outside of the whole historic thing, in Asheville, North Carolina, so like where you are, there's a, a stress stress management center and phobia institute. You ever hang out there? <laughs> no, I've never hung out there. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's in Nashville. And they claim that 17 to 21 million people in the U.S. are af- affected by the fear of Friday the 13th. And it makes it like the most feared day uh, in history. And the cost to our economy is like eight or $900, or $900 million every year because of people like being scared to do things on that day, which is wild. Whoa, that's nuts. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess airlines maybe take a hit on that day. Like people don't want to fly, um, events, things like that are, yeah, are low, that, lower attendance. That makes sense, man. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah, I forgot the reason we're doing. Part of the reason we're doing this is because Friday the Thirteenth is two days from when we plan to release <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just an FYI. <laughs> it is. It is July yeah. right now as we record this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're almost there. I and I, um, I guess uh, this year what we're gonna have like two have we already had Friday the Thirteenth this year probably not no uh, we haven't in 2019 I think there's another one in December so we will probably oh. put ourselves through part three okay finally get to that a hockey mask you get to see that mask yeah I'm dying to see it <laughs> uh, I actually kind of like this bag better yeah actually it's pretty scary it is it, but yeah it's kind of creepy. Yeah, the hockey mask is just so iconic. I just feel like it's been such a big tease. Like, I wanted to see it in the first one, but then Jason's not even in the first one. And so finally he's in this one, and he's not even wearing the mask. So it's like this whole build-up. It's like, when am I going to see Jason with that mask? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> to tease. Yeah. Um, speaking of Friday the 13th, I don't think I realized until I was a decent amount into my adulthood that buildings... Most buildings don't have a 13th floor. or It's not oh. labeled as such in the elevator. or That's the addresses I, or anything i know yeah yeah i, I think like working downtown like I, I always see that when you go to a hotel or something it's kind of funny that people take that so seriously it is i mean i don't want to make fun of anybody who's got a genuine fear of that but it is pretty silly that we go through all this trouble when building a building to uh skip a number right when everybody <laughs> on the 14th floor knows that they're on the 13th floor. I know. <laughs> yeah and the airplanes too do they skip road 13 i think that was a thing for a while i'm not sure if that's still the case Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to double check next time I'm on a plane. Huh. 
All right, man. Anything else before we start talking about the plot and spoil everything? Uh, no, I'm ready to get into it. Okay. If you don't mind holding on one second, my back is killing me, so I think I got to go get some pain reliever or something. All right. Sounds good. All right. Be right back. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, you, you get something for your back? Yeah, so I was spreading mulch the other day, and I couldn't quite get the right angle with my pitchfork, so I climbed on top of this rickety old wooden chair to get better leverage, and of course the chair <laughs> collapsed. <laughs> uh, wait, what Who would, uh, What did they get on that chair for? Did you notice that? Yeah, there it's was... It's like in a cat and mouse session with... Uh, Amy Steele, and she's like hiding under the bed, and she crawls out. Oh and yeah, and he's standing on top, on top of, a of a chair waiting for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? And then he, then he tries to swing at her, and the chair breaks, and he misses. <laughs> yeah. Why would a, Why would a man do that? I think. Well, I think he was trying to like convince her that he had left the room because she was under the, the bed. Room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because like, why does he really care that much? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> climb onto this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to really fool her this time. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this before in other episodes, but I really want to see the scenes of like him like looking around the room, deciding where he's going to hide. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe moving from like spot to spot, trying to find the right spot. Yeah, like, no, oh, my butt's hanging out. Yeah, oh, they could see my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that part's funny. All right. Okay, so this movie opens with Alice, the final girl from the original movie, having a dream about the events that transpired a few months back at Camp Crystal Lake, which is basically shots of her tossing and turning in bed, are interspliced by this short film of the last movie. <laughs> I think I think it's actually been like five years, right? Or has it only been a few months? It's oh, only yeah. been a few months in this scene, and then the rest of the movie takes place five years Oh, forward. okay, okay. I see. All right. Yeah. Um, so yes, she's, she wakes up, she talks to her mom on the phone, she's trying to get over what happened, and she's walking around her apartment or house or whatever, and this was kind of the most suspenseful scenes, one of the most suspenseful scenes of the film. Like, you know Jason's in there, Mm -hmm. you've seen him, his footsteps outside, and there's just a lot of, uh, they they take their time with it. You get a fake jump scare from a cat, etc., uh, Alice opens the fridge and finds Mrs. Voorhees' head in there. And then she gets stabbed in the head with an ice pick from an unseen assailant. And then we go to the credits. <laughs> yeah. In the it, credits, did you find it funny that the Friday the 13th logo exploded? Oh, I totally missed that. I didn't realize that it, it exploded. Was like, <laughs> like in the fire? Uh... I don't know if there was fire or just like exploded. There was like an explosion sound effect. Oh, okay, okay. Man, really trying to, yeah, boost that up. Get that blockbuster yeah. feeling. Yeah, kind of funny in a movie where no explosions happen. Yeah. Hey, can you remind me in the first one, uh, Alice, did she uh, like decapitate uh, Jason's mom? Is that why her head yeah. is in the fridge? Oh. Yeah, yeah they were doing a big old battle and the, the battle ended with her decapitating her i think she used a shovel or something like that oh okay 
So Jason's come back, put the head in her fridge, and then killed her. Yeah. Cool. I wonder if a human even has the capability. Well, I mean, yeah, that, it's clearly, but what kind of strength does it take to decapitate somebody with one clean yeah, swipe from a, I know. <laughs> from a shovel? Something that's not like a super sharp katana. Yeah, I know. Let's, we'll try it out and we'll figure it out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, well, where are we? Okay, so after the credits, we are five years later and we meet some camp counselors who are going to a training session nearby Camp Crystal Lake. Basically adjacent to it, it sounds like, and it's hosted by this dude named Paul along with his assistant slash girlfriend Jenny, played by Amy Steele, our final girl. And so they're all there just doing their training. There's not going to be any kids there. Paul tells a campfire story that there's rumors that Jason survived his drowning and is still lurking in the woods seeking vengeance for the death of his mom. And basically, I don't feel the need to describe the entire plot because it's not really a plot, but (laughs) characters just start to die. Yeah, that's pretty much the plot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. It's There's just like some notable char- ones that we'll talk about. Sure. Characters like start to like, I feel like the whole movie is just like characters trying to hook up with each other and then dying. Yeah. It's basically just like people going to different places. So different kill scenes can happen at different locations yeah, exactly. and like having sex and yeah. Yeah. In different states of undress. Yep. Like, uh, um, Ooh, that'd be a good band name. Yeah. States of undress. Different straight, different states uh-huh. of undress. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. just states of undress. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, notable deaths include the death of Crazy Ralph from the first movie, who's always the one vor- like warning visitors of their impending doom. Um, there is a character in a wheelchair who gets a machete to the face, and his wheelchair then falls, rolls backwards down a bunch of steps. Mm-hmm. And that one is like the scene just cuts and they do some sort of weird screen transition like as he's falling down the steps yeah you're right you don't really see what happens where he goes yeah and the screen transition is just stylistically not really in keeping with the rest of the movie so that's one where i'm wondering did we Mm -hmm. see a more violent end to him or was it just like a little too taboo to see him yeah go on like fly out of his wheelchair yeah yeah i don't know that's a good question. And he had said a quote somewhere in the movie, too, where he's like, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in this wheelchair, oh. where I was like, oh, is that foreshadowing that he's going to like die out of his wheelchair or something? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I bet you're right. I bet that's one of the scenes that got cut. Yeah. Um, and then the one where we talked about, uh, we're pretty sure, it sounds like from what we've read online, that there were s- some aspects cut from a double impalement where two characters are having sex and Jason stabs them with a spear and the spear goes through both of them and through the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also probably kind of a callback to the that under the bed kill in the first one. Yeah, right. Those he was under the bed and he likes or like she was and she like stabbed up, right? Uh he I think he stabbed Kevin Oh wait. It was, was a he mom, on the bottom right? bunk or something. Um, no, I think he was under the bed and he stabbed Jason, or Jason Bateman, what the hell, <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah, oh, the, the mom did, right? The mom was under the bed? It, was, it wasn't Jason, was it? Oh, yeah, Jesus, I'm calling him he, it was the mom. Right, right. Sorry for that. I'm a couple beers in. Jason is not in the first movie except for the very <laughs> end scene. 
All right. So finally, everybody's pretty much died. Paul and Jenny are the only ones still alive. Um, they were part of a group that went off to have some beers at a local bar, and they come back to find the cabin in complete disarray and blood everywhere. And then a cat and mouse game essentially begins between Jenny and Jason. Paul gets kind of uh, knocked out or something. You kind of think he might be dead, so he's out mm-hmm. of the picture for a little while. Jenny runs into the woods and finds Jason's ramshackle shack where he lives, and he has a room where his mother's severed head is like on a shrine with a bunch of candles around it. Then she's freaking out in this room at what she's seeing, and you see Jason approaching, and she thinks fast and puts on Pamela Voorhees' sweater, which is in the room, and pretends to be his mom. And this kind of works on him for a second, and you get scenes where her face is like interspliced with his mom's face, like this is what Jason is seeing. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of trippy. Yeah, it was a little trippy. Yeah. And then he sees his mother's head is still there, so the spell is kind of broken, but luckily Paul arrives just in time and saves Jenny after she gets kind of a chunk taken out of her leg. Um, Paul's about to get stabbed, and then Jenny saves him with a machete to Jason's shoulder, and it kind of is like a, oh, is Jason dead moment? Because mm-hmm. it's like a deep Paul cut, Jenny, right? It looked like a deep cut, yeah. Yeah. Um... Paul and Jenny come back to the cabin. They think they're fine. And then there's a pretty good jump scare, actually, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one is a fun one. I, th- I think they were trying to, it, it felt like very similar to the first one, like just that ending. Yeah. You're like, yeah, kind of like, they were trying to end it the same way. <laughs> and a dog, like, there's a dog at the door, like, a really cute puppy shows up. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. someone at the door and they get scared, but it's just the puppy. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, Jason barges through the window. He's got no mask on and he has facial differences and kind of like long red hair and a beard. Oh, he had a beard. I totally missed that. Yeah, I think so. And they ditched that look for the, the next movie. Okay. Um, so he breaks through the window and tackles Jenny and then it just kind of fades away and you don't see what happens. And the movie ends with Jenny being loaded into an ambulance. It's daytime now and she's asking for Paul but he's nowhere to be seen and we're left to assume that he's probably dead. That's a really weird ending because, like, how did she survive? Yeah, it's kind of weird that they don't actually show what went down there. Yeah. Um, and it really is kind of a, a a hearkening back to that first one where you don't even know was that a dream or not at the first one. And I think in the third one they try to imply that maybe it was or, like, Jenny was that, just picturing it, what his face looked like or something. I, I think they oh. tried to explain away the lack of continuity between his how his face looks. Oh, interesting. Okay. But yeah, it's kind of cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's really cheap. You just kind of like forgot about a character, he's gone, and just wakes up and like it's all over. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last shot, the very last shot is Pamela Voorhees' head again, surrounded by the candles in the shack. Right. And I guess that was one of the edited ones where, like, in the original, uh, the head, the eyes open, but yeah, yeah. they think it was, like, I, too cheesy, or was it gory? I think they cut it because they thought it was a little too cheesy. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this movie, man? What do you like? What do you hate? Uh, you know, compared to the first one, I think I might have preferred this one a bit, um, just because it actually had uh, Jason... 
and uh, I yeah the, the the early flashback I thought was kind of dumb and unnecessary, especially like how long it was. Um, but the teenagers were kind of fun, and some of their banter was like decently witty for like an '80s movie. Like some of the jokes they would make. Um, I, I like so I don't know I don't know if you remember any of them. Did, did any of those jokes stand out to you at all? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there was one. Oh boy, do I dare try to repeat it? There was one character and I forget his name now, who was kind of funny actually. Yeah, was it like the redhead kid. Yeah, and maybe even a little bit charming. Yeah, and his idea of a prank was like to tow their car or something in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, at one point he's like, "Oh, what's brown and sits on a piano?" It was Beethoven's last movement. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> And then I think he's like a bunny, like walks up to a bear and is like, "Hey, is your does poop ever stick to your fur?" <laughs> and the bunny's like, "No, I've never had that problem." And the bear wipes his ass with the bunny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I had like some of those like kind of funny moments, and and that those jokes kind of added like a a, a nice um, uh, distraction from like the murders that were going on. And I, I like that it wasn't too gory, um, but overall, like it was pretty formulaic. So I, I wouldn't, I wasn't like too impressed or anything. What, what did you think? Yeah, I think that the characters and the acting was a little bit better to me than the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed to focus a little bit more on the final girl, even though she's still, I mean, they're kind of just cardboard cutouts. But uh, I did, there was something a little bit more likable about it than the first one for me as well. Mm -hmm. I liked that the first one had that, the ending and with the mom and everything. But I, this one was even more formulaic, just like a dude in the woods killing everybody. Yeah. Was there a part of you at all in this movie that thought um, maybe that dude isn't Jason? Like it's one of the guys at the camp who's going around killing people? Or do, were you convinced the whole time it was Jason? Um, well, I had seen this before. So it's, I no, I, I was, I was was convinced the whole time it was Jason, but oh, this okay. is your realm, man. Alternate meanings. Yeah. No, I, I mean, just like not having seen this before and knowing that like, you know, I went into the first one thinking I'd see Jason, but that was the mom. Uh, I wonder if in like whatever, what year did this come out? 1985? One. One, one right. Uh, <laughs> uh, if people went into this, you know, like in, in the, you hear about Jason in the beginning, like this uh, actor or this, this kid who died here at the lake. And then there's this killer coming around with like this mask on. Um, but he's like pretty vulnerable. Uh, you know, he's like breaking, falling off of chairs and stuff and, you know, getting kicked in the balls at some point. And I don't know, for a second I thought, well, you know, maybe they have another character going here. And it's like a twist that, and like Jason maybe again is like going to pop out at the end, like as like this alternate character that was there. But I, I thought for a second it might be one of the camp people that we were introduced. It was more of like a whodunit type of thing. Yeah, some of these slashers do kind of have a whodunit element, like the first one and April Fool's Day and yeah. um, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, that's what I thought they were going for uh, a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, you do see the shack with the shrine. Oh, well, even the shack with the shrine, they don't show that until like pr- the end. Like in the beginning, the cop sees it, but you only see his expression looking at it. You don't actually know that it's a shrine there. I guess in the beginning, though, you see the head in the kitchen. Yeah, and I think when a cop goes in, you do see the head. Um, I remember like watching that part, trying to figure out like what the cops saw, and I, maybe it was the version I watched. I, I don't remember seeing the head in that. But I'll, I'll oh, check interesting. again. You remember seeing the head at that point? I thought so, but it's mm. possible I'm wrong. 
Yeah. I, you know, I, I did like uh, the part, though, where she kind of like they're at the bar and she's like talking about like what's going through Jason's head and like how disturbed he must be and how he doesn't know stuff. I thought that was really cool. It kind of gave him some character. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about that. I, I like that perspective on what he's going through, but it kind of felt like a, a little exposition heavy. Oh, like too over the top or like too like hands there. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it was kind of like the longest scene where any one character was talking for the most time. So it was just like very like clearly stuffed in there. Like, okay, let's explain to the viewer what what Jason (laughs) Jason's motivation. Yeah, yeah, that's Um, true. Which is fine, but yeah, a little forced, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, Um, Any other scenes like stick out to you? No, and that's the thing. Aside from that opening scene, I feel like these movies are just trying to rack up the body count, and I don't feel like they. The kills don't have any suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which just makes it kind of boring to me. Aside from yeah. the last, the last kill is always a bit of a cat and mouse. Yeah, right. No, that that, that the part gets really old and annoying pretty quick. You're just kind of waiting for people to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, and what are we? What were your thoughts about like uh, that whole sequence where she's pretending to be his mom and like it convinces him? Did you think that was like an emotional moment at all? You know, I did like that. I just liked the resourcefulness, and I feel like that could be a part of what earns her a uh, some mentions in best final girl discussions. Yeah, but right, that, yeah, that pretty, yeah, I like it. That was a pretty smart move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. puts on the sweater. And it's like Jason, I'm your mother. Yeah, good on her. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this score? Um, you know, I didn't notice too much about the score. I mean, I, I know they played that, uh, the main riff a few times that the Jason theme song or whatever, uh, yeah. but I didn't pick up anything else. Did you, you know, it's very like classic Hollywood monster movie mm-hmm. like these heavy orchestral strings. Um, and I, I think it's good, but it doesn't like stand out to me that much. Like it, it's not particularly effective to me. Yeah. 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 It's, it's good. It's just not my favorite for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought like the score was pretty unmemorable. I don't, I don't remember it really. It didn't stand out. Yeah, it doesn't have as much character as some other scores, like sure. a Halloween score, as an extreme example of a score with a lot of character. Anything else about this movie before we go into the rating? Um, just in general, camps. Like, what what are these kids doing at these camps? They're getting ready for other kids to come there. Is that what's going on? Yeah, it's like a counselor training session. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go to overnight camp? Uh, I think it went to like one, uh, like a Boy Scout summer camp once. Um, okay. But so th- this is just like all before any of that camp happens. There's like this few nights where just counselors are hanging out with each other. Yeah, I don't even think the camp that there was going to be a camp. It was just like a counselor training session for the region maybe. I don't even know. Or maybe they oh. were going to have campers at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just seems like such a random uh, scenario to be making a story off of repeatedly. Yeah. But makes sense. Yeah, but there is something captivating about that environment. It's featured a lot in in media. Salute your shorts. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of like teenagers in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Do you remember Zeke the plumber from Salute Your Shorts? Uh, no, I don't. Hmm. Um, oh. I'll, yeah, I'll still look at a picture or something. <laughs> yeah, I won't get into it. I, I probably will misremember it too. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, zero to five rickety old chairs. How many do you give this movie? Uh, probably only two rickety old chairs. Like, uh, yeah, not too scary, pretty formulaic, and uh, kind of throwaway characters and all that stuff. What about you? 
Yeah, yeah, a two. Even I think I gave the original a two, and maybe I like this one slightly better, but not enough better to <laughs> change the score. These movies yeah. are just kind of there to me. Yeah, yeah, not really adding a lot. Yeah, or like yeah, just kind of throw throw away films. Uh, yeah, it's only popcorn movies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but to me, they don't have enough like super entertaining elements to function. To even be that big of a popcorn movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a have it on in the background type of movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or put it on at a party movie. Yeah. Yeah, not one you want to pay attention to. No. All right. Cool. Anything else? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. Well, that is it for our discussion on Friday the 13th, part two, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, give us a five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts or on whatever app you listen on. That helps other people find our show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, You can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and we announce what we do or what we're doing next week on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to check that out, you'll know what we're going to cover. We also have a Discord server that we just started the week as that we're recording this so i'm not necessarily prepared on that but i have a post pinned on our twitter page hopefully it will still be pinned by the time you hear this with uh the link to our discord server on there so that is an app i had never used before but it's kind of just a little bit like a chat room app which is underselling it but it's really cool and i'm having a lot of fun on there we've got a good little group so far just talking about movies and horror movies and whatever so join us there if you want to have some fun and talk to people who like horror movies our logo is done by amy may pop art so check her out on etsy.com and until next time we would both probably advise you not to be within a five mile radius of camp crystal lake and if you are definitely do not have sex (laughs) 